Yo, welcome back. Today, I am sharing an interview that I did on my friend and client, Jeff Haynes' podcast, The Mind-Muscle Connection. So, today we're diving deep into the intricacies of the building phase along with kind of the mental challenges and the mindset that you need to take to successfully go into the building phase. Um, I wanted to share this episode, one, because it was just a great interview. But two, because I know that so many clients that I'm coaching personally and even uh, via social media and even email, so many people have been reaching out lately asking about the building phase. Like, hey, am I structuring this correctly? Um, What are the different things that I need to make sure I have on point to be getting as much as possible out of this phase? Um, Am I gaining too quickly? Am I not gaining quickly enough? What should my biofeedback be like? How the hell do I know if I'm actually making progress or not? All these things are... Honestly, I would say not discussed nearly enough in the fitness industry and need to be talked about way more because so many people know, okay, here's how I know past like gen pop, like once we get into coaching, I should say, so many people know, okay, here's what we need to look at to like, okay, is my phallus phase working or not? But when it comes to a building phase, I would say that even many coaches don't know, like, like coaches listen to this, I would ask you, how can you tell if your clients are actually progressing? in a building phase or not. So because it is a little bit less tangible versus a fat loss phase, where like in a fat loss phase, we can see, okay, measurements are decreasing, the scale is decreasing, you are visibly getting leaner. On the flip side, in a building phase, okay, measurements are increasing. How do we know if that's muscle or is that fat? Um, okay, scale weight is increasing. How do we know if that's muscle versus fat? Uh, we probably won't see a huge amount of progress in your progress pictures because while you're adding muscle, Ideally, while you're adding muscle, you are also probably adding a bit of fat. So again, how do we tell? Are you actually going about this the right way or not? So today, today's episode is a deep dive into everything we look at with our clients, how we help you optimize your building phase to get the absolute most out of it, as well as my own thoughts, um, my own experiences with the last bit over a year now focusing on building. All right, without further ado, I will let you guys get into the show um oh and finally i will link up where to find jeff's podcast and social media content can't recommend enough you give him a follow as well um i will link that all up in the show notes and enjoy welcome to the mind muscle connection podcast a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training nutrition and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner stronger and more confident self i'm your host Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection. And today I am joined by Jeremiah again. So this is his second time on the show. So welcome back, Jeremiah. Dude, it's an honor to be here once again. Yeah, uh, last episode was was great. I know we had some people uh, from India listening and um, we went over body body recomposition. So we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit today on this, but um, yeah, again, super stoked to, to have you on again, dude. Um, so yeah, why don't you kind of just fill in the the audience on, you know, what, what you've been doing training wise and, and we'll kind of go from there. For sure, man. Yeah. So I've been working with um, Steve Hall for the last, what, since May I started working with Steve, we've been going through a building phase, which I believe is what you really wanted to dive into today. Um, for me, I know that, and I don't think from your training history, I don't know if you've fallen into this pit yet. And I would say you're probably one of the rare few, few people that hasn't, 
But I think that most people kind of fall into this trap of, especially if you're a coach and you're out there on social media a lot, like always trying to stay too lean, always try to stay too lean so you look good on social media, basically. But and I know for me, like after my first photo shoot that I did, um, I did a photo shoot in, what was that, 2018 or 2019? Early 2019. And basically for the rest of the year, I tried to just stay shredded and build muscle and it just didn't work out. So I did another photo shoot at the end of the year, basically it was March to December. And I was like, damn, I literally, literally don't look any different. I actually might look a little bit worse than I did for my first photo shoot because I've spent all this time. Like I'm feeling like shit. My biofeedback isn't good. I'm trying to build muscle and just stay absolutely shredded. And for me, I think I just need to be a little bit fluffier in order to productively build. So that was December of 2019. So then I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta give up the ghost. I have to be okay with not being quite as shredded. Um, I'm going to hop on board a building. And then Steve Hall was someone that I just, and I know this is something we talked about quite a bit, man, just hiring people that you want to learn from. Steve Hall was definitely one of those people who so smart as far as programming goes. And I've learned a shit ton from him. So I hopped on board with him Um, for the first couple mesocycles that I did with him. I was training five days per week. And that was kind of just when things were chaotic. Like the, when I first hopped on board with him, I was driving like 40 minutes both ways to a gym to train every day. So I was like, listen, man, I can't realistically train more than uh, five days per week. Gyms reopened, gyms shut down again. And then I was like, all right, fuck this. I'm just buying my own, I'm buying my own gym. So um, built out the garage gym and then we ramped it up to six days per week. And since then I have been training six days per week. So we've gone through, I started the process at, I believe I was 206 when I started with him. Again, that was early May. I got up to 224 towards the end of October, ran through a mini cut, dropped back down to 216. And I've been, well, that was just a super cool experience. Um, I've done mini cuts in the past, but none that aggressive. And that was, again, we dropped eight, eight pounds in three weeks, super wow. aggressive. Um, then hop back into the building phase. And then since then, it's just here, I'm sitting right at about 220. I think we're planning to do, what I have two more weeks of accumulation. So I'm just starting the fourth week of my fourth week of accumulation of this mesocycle. And then I think we're going to do one more mesocycle of building after this. And then we're probably going to go into a longer cut, which I'm about ready for, but it's cool to see even now, like I can tell that I built so much more size over the last year, just not trying to stay so lean. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up to see what I uncover when I actually get leaner again. But on the flip side, it's kind of like that. I don't look at nearly as much like a lift right now, even though I know like six months from now, I'm going to be way more jacked than last time I was lean right now. It's like, damn, I don't feel like I looked apart as much as I want to. Yeah, no, it, it is crazy how just by gaining some, not even a ton of body fat, but just a little bit, like it really, you would think like getting bigger would just make you appear bigger. But you, like you said, you almost just like, don't even look like you lift. You just look like softer almost in a way. And that can kind of mess with you mentally. I, I, I feel like for sure. I think on social media too, man, I think it's the reverse from like pictures versus in real life. So I know like in real life for my first photo shoot, I looked like a tiny person, bro. Like I was I'm 6'3 and I was 185. I was 180 the day of the shoot. Like I looked just so scrawny. But in the pictures, I look fucking jacked. <laughs> on the flip side now, like 
I in real life I look way, but I mean like if we compare a picture of me shirtless now to then I would look way more jacked than now. And that's I think especially like as a coach, especially as someone that or someone that like your body image on social media is a big part of what you do. I think it's hard to not get in your head about, but also like this is exactly like long-term periodization is exactly what we preach to our clients. And I think it's so important too to practice what you're preaching and not just like having to tell you to do this, but I'm always shredded because it helps my business. Right. Yeah, no, no, I agree hundred percent. And like, I, I, I was the same way when I was, you know, I, I had a bodybuilding show. So I, I got super lean and then I took some time to, to, to build. I wasn't tracking like I am now um, with, with you for my building phase, but and I'll tell you what, I know there was times when I'm like, I know I'm getting bigger, but like, I would look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, man, I just feel like I don't, I just look worse. I'm like, and it, it, like it messes with you. You think you're not like making progress. And I feel like not having a coach or somebody there with you can definitely mess with you. And if you're not tracking the right things as well, um, I'm curious. So what's, I, obviously this is going to be different for everybody, but I'm just curious for myself here to find out for you. What, what's your like calories looking like right now? Are you, um, pretty high for for what you or you feel like it's low or what what do you think there and yeah just kind of close um, in on that to 35 to 3600 i'm about what again i'm 220 my protein's 240 to 260 fats are 60 to 80 and then the rest is just carbs which again typically seems to pan out to around 450 to 480 grams straight up i would say that the last couple of weeks like damn this is a lot to eat um I know, I think you might be in a similar boat here, dude. I don't think you, do you feel like you have like genetically a very high appetite normally? When I start, when I'm cutting, yes. But when I start to to eat like I am now, like it, it definitely, it definitely goes down the, the drain. You know, it's definitely tough to, to want to, it's easier for me to, to not eat a lot than it is to, to pack in food for sure. Absolutely. And that, that's how, that's how I am too, man. Like, especially in the mornings. And I think that's, and uh, we'll probably dive into this as far as like the nutrient timing perspective of it. But I know for me, that's one of the things I've had to be very intentional about, because I think if I was just left to my own devices, I would probably, maybe I drink a protein shake when I wake up and then not eat till noon and I feel fine. Right. But it's like, okay, if I'm cramming in at from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. before I go to bed, like 2000 calories, I pretty much spent the entire day in a catabolic state. Uh, so well, we could look at it and like, oh, I hit my macros across the course of the day, but did it really do it? In a, did I really do it in a manner that's most conducive to the outcomes I want? Probably not. Um, so yeah, for uh, I think in my history of consistently tracking, that's probably the highest that they've been. But I mean, also I've been like two forty five, two fifty in my life, and I wasn't consistently tracking at, at that time. And that's a good like five to six years. But it was basically then I had stumbled across when I was first trying to figure out like how to track macros, kind of a different tangent. Did you ever follow like Jim Stepani stuff? I actually, I never really got into his stuff, honestly. For some reason I had gotten super sucked into his stuff, like his pre-workout. I think it, that was, Jim Stepani was like the first, and I really don't know what he's about now, so I can't speak on him either way. But at the time he was like the first person, because I never, like at the time, again, this would be like 20, 2012 or 2013, probably. Old school. Uh-huh. Before, like, I know the real, like, eye-opener for me nutritionally was when I actually saw, like, Eric Helms on the YouTube videos where he drew, literally drew out the muscle and strength pyramids, like, before the books were out. Like, for me, I was like, what the fuck? That is crazy. But before, I remember it was, like, Jim Stepani was, like, and he was saying that, which was probably because he had a protein supplement, that you need to get two grams of protein per pound of body weight. And at the time, I was, like, 240 to 250, and I was just oh. cranking. 
500 grams of protein that day, dude. It was ridiculous. Um, it's also interesting to like look at shit like that in retrospect and like, oh yeah, that dude was definitely trying to sell more protein. <laughs> but um, I think I forgot the question, dude. We were just we were just kind of just talking about you know how how your or your calories. That's what it was. We were talking about your calories and, and where those are at and yeah. But no, five hundred. So basically, you're eating like almost five hundred grams of, of protein per day, essentially. I was I was straight up before bed every night. I would eat an entire tub of fat-free cottage cheese, and I was I was just tracking. I was literally just tracking protein to make sure I got enough protein in. I remember I like go lay in bed, just oh, <laughs> so bloated. It's wild to think back on stuff like that now, though. Well, and you probably, I mean, like we talked about, you know, your hunger. The longer you're you're in a surplus like that, you know, your hunger is just going to just start to go down. And I'm sure when you're, you're cramming in all that protein, that definitely did not help at all with, with your hunger. No, no, absolutely not. Dude. Um, that's crazy though. I, for anyone listening, we definitely don't, that's a lot of protein. I mean, if you like to eat that much protein, whatever, but it's not going to do anything extra for you other than just make you feel super full. Um, cool dude. So what about how, how is your hunger right now? Are you, you pretty, you feeling like that's going down or? Pretty low, man. Again, it's all, I just have to be very intentional about eating a good amount in the morning. So I try to get at least half my calories before noon, because if I don't do that and regardless, like I train in the morning. So it's something that I need to be intentional about regardless, just to get the most out of what I'm doing. Um, it's definitely not high though. Still it's especially we just recently bumped because I've been kind of stuck at 220. So we just recently bumped to, and this is such a different conversation than like so many conversations you have where it's like, Hey, I'm trying to gain weight, but again, let's suck at 220. So we bumped to from, for some reason, going from 33 to 34 to 34 to 35, just seemed like a big ass jump. I don't, I don't know what that is, but no, it's, it's definitely low again, man. I'm, I'm excited to get into an actual fat loss phase again. I would say, I, I don't know how this is for you, but I almost feel more comfortable dieting. I don't, I don't know if it's because I spent a lot of my, I've spent a, way more time than I should in the past, which is why it's something I talk about so much as well, like dieting, that I think it's almost more like, again, it just feels almost comfortable and it's exciting to like be able to get back to that a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I caught a lot of different directions we can go there. Um but I feel like also one of the things I've kind of looked to is like why I like a dieting phase so much is all the structure around it. Right. Whereas I think, and I know this is something we talked about as well. It's easy to look at it. Like, okay, I'm in a building phase, whatever, like I'll kind of loosely track, but Hey, I'm bulky when really it is like, and I would argue in a building phase, it is much more about like what you do in the acute setting is much more important and what you do in a fat loss phase, which is also, I think, why people just gain a lot of fat in a building phase without really getting very much out of it. Like if we look at a fat loss phase or even taking it back to like Eric Helms, um, his, the muscle and strength pyramids, right? We have adherence, overall calories, macros, micros, et cetera. So it's easy to look at that and like, hey, I hit my protein every day of the week across the course of the week. Um, my macro averages look pretty good. Maybe my calories were high here, low here, et cetera. But across the course of the week, they evened out. So I'm good, right? I lost, you more or less lose the same amount of fat, whether you ate 2000 calories every day or some random combination that it equated to 14,000 calories. But on the flip side, in a building phase, if it's like, all right, yeah, two days of, or three days of this week, I trained my ass off and I also ate a thousand calories those days. And then these other days, I ate 3000 calories. Like, well, how you're training is very much like, 
not entirely, but very much it's going to be a product of how well you fuel yourself in a couple hours before your training session. We also know that there's not just this magical like one hour post-workout anabolic window, but again, like your nutrients post-workout are going to make a pretty big difference in how well you recover. And if it's like, Hey, I trained at 10 AM and I, or even what I talked about earlier, like the majority of my calories were at night. So it's pretty much on a catabolic state all day and then just cram shit in again, like after a couple months of that versus a couple months of, okay, my nutrition timing is very on point. Uh, your results are going to be a lot different as far as building muscle goes. And I think that's one mistake. If we were going to talk about like building phases mistakes, I think that not looking at it like that, I think a, like a fat loss phase is very much the culmination of us stringing together a lot of weeks where you've ticked the boxes. A successful building phase, I would say, is much more so like the individual day-to-day, like how well did this day go? How well did this day go? I don't know. If, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, man. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree there on that. And that's like something that I've been talking about a lot. And, and that's, I think that's why I do. And probably why you feel the same way about a fat loss. I, I enjoy a fat loss phase more because it's like, you can have those days where you can eat a little less, just make, you know, make sure you're getting, keeping your protein up, but then, you know, you can be a little bit more flexible, but when you're building, like you said, you want to make sure, I mean, it pretty much needs to be that variability from day to day in your calories needs to be very small. And that can be, you know, a pain in the ass over the long run, especially on days when you have a lot of stuff going on, you know, like, I know that's something that I'm running into is like, you know, it's like you said, the, the morning, like for me, I like to wake up, drink some coffee. And, and then next thing I know, it's already like nine o'clock and I'm like, Oh shit, I gotta, I gotta get some food in where like during a fat loss phase, that's fine. But when you're building, like you need, you know, that's, I mean, you probably didn't, you probably stopped eating 12 hours before that, you know, the night before. So it definitely becomes something where like eating, you just, you'd have to make sure you stay on top of it and stay way more consistent with it. And I think that that's probably one of the biggest challenges with it too. And not, not to mention the hunger going down as well. Right. right. No. And again, I think people have a relationship flipped where they think, cause I, I, as you said, I think you get, there's almost more room for like flexibility within a fat loss phase versus the building phase that you want to go super well. It's almost like more attention to the finer details. Yeah, no, absolutely. Cool, man. So, so you're almost done with this building phase and I'm excited to see, you know, the, the changes too. Cause that's honestly the best part is I think people think that like the biggest mistake they make is they think that getting lean is when they're like, that's where they're going to like make this huge change. But really you make that big change when you're building and you know, you're spending that time in that surplus building muscle and then dieting down just kind of reveals all that. And I think people kind of get it mixed up there. So I'm super excited to see you know, the progress you made. And I'm sure you're, you're excited too. Are you going to do a photo shoot whenever you get during this cut, this next cut? I am not sure. Honestly, man, I'm not sure how lean I want to get yeah. more on his TV yet either. As far as like how lean he wants, I imagine I would get lean enough to where I probably would. Um, I don't, I don't think I want to get shredded though. Honestly, I think I honestly, I'd rather like do whatever I need to, to set myself up for more productive time building and then spend another year. I just straight up, I, for me, I spent such a long time, like not necessarily successfully dieting, definitely not successfully dieting, but I spent from like 2015. Basically I hurt my shoulder. I gained a lot of fat. Um, Before that I was very much into like a bodybuilding style of training. And then after that, it kind of seemed like, 
one, it completely changed the way I could train, but two, like I lost a lot of muscles. So whereas, but I was, I was 245 before, or I was too kind of like a fluffy, but I had a good amount of muscle before. And it was like, okay, now I'm just a chunky 245. I don't have near as much muscle as I did before. So then for me, I spent the next couple of years, I can't know what was that 2014 to 2015 when that happened. The timelines are kind of blurry here. Um, until what, like 2018, I spent a long time just yo-yo dieting up and down, up and down, up and down. But like for those three years, it wasn't a very productive time as far as my training goes. Um, because even if I wasn't successfully dieting, I was always trying to diet. I was always trying to get leaner and more shredded. Um, so again, to get the physique that I want long-term, I just got it. I know that I'll have seen big improvements from where I was like this time last year, but still I just need to put in more time being fluffier, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's it. it like we've talked about it. It's, it, it's a struggle to do that. So cool. Yeah. So, so today, you know, we're already kind of talking about the topic, but I wanted to just kind of dive into the building phase more and, you know, just kind of the conversations you have with clients and, and why it's important to do one and, and, and we'll kind of just go from there. So I guess to start out, we've kind of already been talking about it, but how, how exactly would you describe a, a building phase? Yeah, I would just frame it as a period of time at bare minimum three months. But honestly, I've, I like to say typically at least six months. And I think you'd probably agree there, like three months. I think building, building muscle is something that very much takes momentum. And three months just honestly is, is although it might seem like a long time, isn't very long to spend in a building phase. So I really, most people that push, Hey, this is going to be at least six months focused on building, but yeah, we're focused on the number one outcomes that we want to get out of this are fueling your body for performance. We want biofeedback to be good. And basically we're just spending time building muscle. Well, we're not of course chasing fat accumulation. You are likely going to add a little bit of fat. Right. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the, 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 the downside there with it is, is the, the fat accumulation, which I definitely, I want to jump into that too. So cool. Yeah. So it's, it's basically the, the goal is to build muscle and, and we're more focused on performance in, in the gym rather than in a fat loss phase when we're focused on, you know, performance is we obviously want to pay attention to it, but it's not as important. Um, you know, we want to make sure we're in a deficit during a fat loss phase, but a building phase, we want to focus on our training performance and make sure that's staying up there and as well as, and that's why we need to eat a little bit extra food. And two, I'm sure this is something, you know, with building muscle, it, it takes, like you said, it takes momentum, but also, you know, you obviously need to train, but your body will prioritize recovering over, over building muscle. So like, you know, it's important to make sure that you're getting enough calories in too. And, you know, that's kind of something that I'm sure that you have to, to talk to clients about and, and explain that to them. No, absolutely. And I would say in a building phase to get into like the specifics of it for most people, like when we're doing entering a building phase, it's going to be because most everyone is going to hop on board and like, Hey, I want to lose fat. I need to get leaner to lose fat. But also, and I know like when I started as a coach, it was like, okay, cool. Let's get you ready for a photo shoot. Let's get you shredded. Um, but most people would get there. And I know I've been there too. And like, okay, I don't really look the way I want despite being super lean. And for most people to achieve the physiques that they want they just need more muscle in their frame. Exactly like what we're talking about with my, like my own journey here. Um, so the thing is after that first, like I love talking about body recomposition. Our last podcast was about body recomposition because it's a dope topic. But the longer you've been taking all the boxes, the longer you've been doing things right, the less likely it is that you're going to be able to continue to lose fat or even not gain any fat. 
and build muscle. So for most people, like a building phase is going to be necessary to add the amount of muscle mass that you want. Uh, I always like to frame this to people like, and again, feel free to stop me at any time here, dude, because I don't want to get too far off topic, but I want to make sure that people understand kind of the idea behind this. Um, building muscle is a very slow process. So if you gained two pounds of muscle in a month, that'd be impeccable progress for you to like, that'd be great progress. Whereas if you lost, or let's say one to two pounds of muscle, great progress. If you lost one to two pounds of fat in a week, we'd say pretty average week, right? <laughs> like, and I think for your photo shoot prep, I know that you were losing well over a pound a week. Like you were losing pretty quickly. Um, so again, like we can, but if we're always tiptoeing this line of, Hey, I'm not, I'm scared of gaining any fat. I don't want to put on any weight. Then we're going to put our body in a less than optimal state. And it's easy to spend, just like I was talking about there, like that 2019 stretch where I was always trying to stay lean. It's easy to literally spin your wheels for months, trying to build muscle, but never actually building anything because you're underfueling your recovery and your muscle growth due to trying to stay too lean. So basically the building phase is not like, Hey, I'm all in, I'm going to do a dream or bulk and just eat whatever. Of course, we're going to try to keep fat gain. We're going to try to keep fat gain limited. But again, it's coming with a trade-off of like, I'm going to be okay with a little bit of fat accumulation here. Now, one more thing, I apologize. Uh, I'll kind of get on tangents here, but one more thing that I wanted to get into that you kind of touched on there is what we're looking at as far as metrics of progress, because this is something else that's very different from a fat loss phase. So in a fat loss phase, of course, we want to see weight loss. And very much with our clients, we're going to be focusing on body measurements as well. And I know that's a pretty big thing that you focus on with your clients also. Um, we want to see these decreasing. Now, past that point, if biofeedback is good, great. But also we expect there to be some hunger. We don't expect like you're getting super lean, you're eating fewer calories and you're burning. Your body is literally in an energy deficit. We don't expect you to have great energy or the best training performance in the world and you're hitting an endless stream of PRs. Now, of course, like we're going to still do everything to optimize your performance to recovery but the number one goal here is fat loss right um on the flip side in a building phase the number one things that we're looking to it's a building phase is much different because from a measurement perspective we really don't take a ton of stock in how things are shifting whereas like in a fat loss phase that's one of the biggest things that we adjust nutrition around in a building phase basically what i'm looking to is Hey, we don't want to see the measurements around your navel increasing too quickly because that's probably the most indicative one we have of excess fat gain. But even then, like, okay, let's say that your glutes increase half an inch over the last two weeks. How can we possibly distinguish like, okay, was that fat accumulation? Was that muscle? Or like maybe it was a combination of both, right? It's very hard for us to distinguish between the two. So I think similarly, that's something that people can get a little bit too caught up on in a building phase but similarly we know like whereas again like we can see you easily lose a half inch from your navel in a fat loss phase if you add a half inch to your bicep in a building you're not just going to add a half inch to your bicep in a building phase unless you are hopping on gear or something of that nature i even then that would be insane gains i don't think there's any scenario where that happens but you get the idea so we're focused much more on okay, we want to see a consistent rate of gain because similarly, like we don't want you in a calorie deficit. If you're eating fewer calories and you're burning, well, you can build muscle. You're going to be in a less optimal state. So we don't want to be tiptoeing this line. So thus, if you are not in a calorie deficit, there's no way you should be losing fat. So if you're not gaining weight because gaining muscle is going to require gaining weight, 
you're probably just not making progress. So typically we're gonna be looking to gain about 0.25 to 0.5% of body weight per week. Measurements where I'm gonna take a ton of stock in. Similarly for progress pictures, honestly, because again, even if like, hey, this week I, or this month I added two pounds, one and a half pounds of that was fat, one and a half pounds, that's, that math doesn't add up, uh, three pounds, one and a half pounds was fat, one and a half pounds was muscle. Even then, like that bit of fat that you added probably masked the gains that you made. So very much is, okay, are we hitting the desired rate of gain? Are training performance and recovery in a good place? Are you consistently managing stress and getting sleep? Are we seeing you get stronger in the five to 30 rep ranges on your movements over time? Okay, cool. Then those are pretty good signs that this is going well. We're moving in the right direction. I think the hard thing about a building and I would love to hear your thoughts as far as like anything else that you look into there. Cause I think you'd have some good insight into this too. The hard thing about a building phase, I think is it's a little bit less tangible. It's really like, how is your performance? Do you feel like you're recovering? Well, are we getting good pumps, good disruption, um, pretty decent mind muscle catching with the muscle movements. And then that's, that's a whole different, that's a whole different topic as far as like how we're training for hypertrophy also, but anything that you would add to that, dude, no, I think you, I think you hit on it there. And like the big thing too, and you mentioned this is like, you don't really have anything tangible, but like you said, if you're sleeping well, you know, you're, you're hitting your macros, you're slowly gaining weight, your training performance is good. I mean, you pretty much are building muscle at that point, right? You just kind of have to have faith in, in the process. And and I think this is, I think it's a good thing to practice too, because I think we get caught up in, in, in especially when it comes to like fat loss, you know, we have that tangible thing in the, in the in the scale. And so like people, they focus too much on that and they stop focusing on the things that they need to be doing. Whereas I think with the building phase, you know, you're actually able to think about your processes and the things that you're doing and you just kind of have to have faith that they'll work out. Right. Whereas with the fat loss phase, people will just focus on that scale and then like that can mess with them. Right. I mean, I'm sure that's something that you. No, absolutely, man. And that's, I think I typically frame it like fat loss is almost immediate gratification, which I, I literally made a post about this last night. Cause I was talking through a client, talking through this with the client, um, because he was talking about actually client that hopped on board after listening to our last podcast. Um, but he was talking about like, man, I just don't, I feel fluffier than I want to right now. I don't love how I look right now, but this was a client that very much like what I was talking about. He had spent his entire training career so far dieting and trying to build muscle at the same time. Whereas, dude, like the thing we have to do differently for you, spend a long period of time building muscle and fueling your body for performance, recovery, and growth, right? So probably for another six months, you're not going to look as lean as you want. But to long-term actually improve your physique and get out of this hamster wheel, that's just what it's, what it's going to take. So again, I, um, I like to typically frame it like fat loss is immediately gratifying because we can see changes so quickly. But... And there's, again, there's absolutely time for fat loss, but like the long-term changes, like you said, like the long-term changes are going to come from time spent building, right? It's almost like building a house. I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with this analogy, but like (laughs) fat loss is kind of like painting it. Whereas there we go. Okay. Fat loss is kind of like you're putting that layer of paint on the house. It looks pretty like, oh, dope. What a beautiful house that I built. The building phases were actually constructing it and pouring the concrete and whatnot. That came together pretty well. Actually. Yeah, I like it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's again, and I think that that's and like you hit on the it's it's immediately gratifying and like that's probably why people get so 
hung up in, in that in that process and, and like that's probably a mindset mistake going into a building phase is thinking like and, and just fitness in general thinking that like you're always going to be looking your best and like that's kind of how you always need to look right absolutely and i think that that is a is a tough road to go down especially long term because you know and again this is you know why it's one of the main reasons why it's important to do a building phase is because you know eventually if you just are always trying to diet for fat loss you're never putting yourself in the best position to build muscle and you're never actually going to change your body so I know I've had like people reach out to me about um, things like, so, you know, how does a conversation go with someone when it's like, you know, Hey, they, they either, let's say they, they have lost a, a good amount of weight and they, you know, they, they got down to that point to where it's like, Hey, I'm, 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 I lost a weight, but I'm still not satisfied with how I look. How does, and, and, you know, they're afraid to, to gain any more weight again because they already went back down. Like, how does that, like, have you seen that happen and, and how do you handle that situation? Oh, absolutely. I think that's probably one of the most conversations we have, common conversations we have within coaching. So there, I like to explain to people, the goal is literally for you to get heavier, right? And it's kind of, if people can associate building muscle, now we can, of course, look more to where like, of course, not all fat gain or all weight gain is going to particularly muscle gain. And if we're purely just like, hey, I'm eating a lot and I'm gaining weight, but we're not doing the right things with the training, we might not be building muscle. So of course it's a nuanced conversation, nuanced conversation, but I really like to get people to understand like, Hey, okay. So this is where your physique is at right now. This is where you're telling me you want your physique to be. The physique that you want to have is more muscular than the physique you're at now. So for you to get that physique that requires you literally adding pounds of muscle to your frame. So the goal for us is to get you heavier like to have a, have the best physique you ever had the goal is literally for us to get you heavier at any given body fat percentage than you've ever been before right because then we know you'll have more muscle in your frame than you've ever had before again especially body fat percentages being matched um so really just talking people through that conversation i think is the most helpful thing because again, taking it back to like that client we we're talking about before, he was talking about like, listen, man, like I think I can maintain here around 2,100 to 2,200. It's like, no, man, like the goal isn't to keep you lean. Like what you want here is to gain weight. That's again, we want to be muscle weight primarily, but just getting people to correlate those two things, because I do think there's still a disconnect in most people's heads between, Okay, that literally requires me like, so let's say like a female is 130 pounds, right? And the, her ideal physique, she's probably about the same body fat percentage, but um, maybe let's say another six pounds of muscle on her frame. Okay, so for you to have that ideal physique, you would actually be 136 at the same body fat percentage. And just like looking at the numbers like, oh shit, okay, I would actually be heavier and kind of getting people, I would say, honestly, this is probably, and I don't, I would love to hear your take on this as well. Um, I'd say, honestly, this is probably typically a conversation I have more often with the women that we coach rather than men, because I think a lot of times, I think most dudes where they see themselves, or at least like dudes that have gotten into bodybuilding, it's like, okay, the, I know for me for a long time, I was like, okay, the more I weigh, the better, right? Like I gained, therefore I'm getting jacked. At least that was my, perfect, per, my perspective on it in college. Whereas most women is always and I don't want to be stereotypical here by any means, but most of the time it's going to be like, Hey, I'm pushing it lighter, lighter, lighter. This is my goal weight. Whereas I found for most clients, like with the physiques that they're happy with, most women is typically going to be a little bit heavier 
than you would expect. And some guys, it it varies, I think, more with men. Like some guys, it's going to be like, dude, you, <laughs> all right, you're actually just fluffy, you're bullshitting yourself a bit. You would probably benefit from going through a fat loss phase. But then we also have people on the other end of the spectrum, like, listen, man, you just need to spend time building. I think that in general, um, again, just purely anecdotal, most of the time men will be a little bit less focused on like hitting a specific scale weight. Um, but regardless, I think it's an important conversation to have. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and it's cause like, I, you know, I've had this conversation with multiple people and they, you know, they just are afraid to, to, to gain any amount of weight. And I think one thing, and I'm sure you tell clients this too, it's like, yeah, I understand, you know, you lost that weight and you're happy where you're at, but you know, again, just realize that if you go further down, you're probably going to not be satisfied with how you look. And again, it's time to oh, add no. some weight and build some muscle, but to like, keep in mind that this time around that, that weight's going to be, it's going to look different on you too, you know, just cause you're, you know, maybe it was like 215 before was a certain amount of body fat. Now you're going to be more jacked at 215 and it's going to look completely different this time around. No, for sure. And that's my fault. I misunderstood the question. So yeah, like for a client that's literally taken through a fat loss phase and they're like, Hey, I'm the leanest I've ever been. I feel great. And for like them, the next step is building muscle. That is, that is just a straight up a scary transition to like, yo, what we've spent the last six months getting leaner. I feel great. Now you're telling me I need to gain weight. The cool thing about that too, though, I don't know if you've seen this man, but I think those clients, it almost is like you have to undo some nutritional habits to actually get them to gain weight. Like I'm thinking one client right now, um, my guy Colin, who we've taken him through a building phase and it's literally been like, he's learned so much about how to get, how to optimize his food selection for satiety that it's like, all right, dude, we got to start like adding some liquid calories. We got to have, we got to have to actually undo some of these things that you learn to get you to gain, which on, on the flip side is cool because you know that those clients is they're not going to struggle ever again with like staying as lean as they want when it's okay. Now it's a challenge for me to actually gain, which is, is cool to see from the client's perspective as well. But again, I think it just comes down to explaining like, this is different. Like you at 185, like let's say you're 175 right now, you at 180 or 185, after we've taken you through this process, you, you're training with me. Um, we're doing everything to make sure that you're building as much muscle as possible. That's much different than like you at 185 on the way down here. Weight, not all weight is created equal, right? And I think once we can make clients understand that, it's people are pretty typically on board with it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, I think this all stems from like just placing too much emphasis on, on what, on what the scale says. And that's something that like lately I've just been like, man, we just place way too much emphasis on it. Either, either way, going down, going up, whatever it may be. And that's why I love, again, like we talked about this in our last episode, like implementing things like measurements too, on top of it, because you know, there, the, the more like, since I've implemented this and I'm like seeing clients lose weight or gain weight or whatever, and we're also tracking their, like you, you see their weight go up and down, like, you know, and it's, and before I used to think like when I didn't take their measurements or get other forms of data, I was like, oh crap, you know, I would kind of start to stress about it too. But now that I'm getting all this stuff, I'm just like, we just place way too much emphasis on, on the scale. And I can see how some people just, they can get caught up in that. Now that's kind of off topic, but still, again, it's like, we still place, I feel like too much emphasis on what the scale says. And even, even in a gaining phase too, right. Um, for somebody that is scared to gain weight, like it's like, it's just a number on, the, you know, it's just a number. Exactly. Exactly. And your body composition at the same weight across like your body composition at the same weight, like two years from now versus now could be so much different. 
Right. And so, and to, so let's, I kind of wanted to, so like in a building phase, the, the big thing is, is, and I think we need to stress this to clients is, all right, so we're obviously trying to build muscle and unfortunately there is going to be some fat gain with it. Now our goal is to limit that as much as possible. What are some, what are some ways that you try to limit that fat gain? So I'd say first and foremost, nutrient timing can be a helpful part of this. Again, the reality is part of it's just going to be inevitable. And I wish I had like, Hey, we could take L-carnitine and that's going to completely keep you from, I think there actually is a little bit of potentially some relationship there with it might be helping. I don't, I'm not super clear on that though. That's something I need to dig into yet, but regardless, it's not like a massive difference by any means. One, just understanding a little bit of fat gain is going to come along regardless, but two, like similar to what I talked about before. Okay. We know that like around when I'm training is going to be the time when my insulin sensitivity is the highest, right? So thus more of my calories overall are more likely to be shuttled towards my muscles, much less towards fat storage. Um, eating a good amount of protein is always going to be a good rule of thumb. Honestly, it's probably be pretty similar to the macro, uh, conversation we had on the body recomposition episode, like one to 1.5 grams of protein per pound body weight. 1.5 is pretty high. Um, I, I would say there, like, and that's another topic, but also some clients that I can think of, like we are, they're in a building phase. And this is where similar to like, I was asking you about your appetite earlier in building phases. There is a lot of variance in people's appetite. So something I've noticed more and more lately with clients in building phases is on one end of the spectrum, we kind of have people who are like you. So for example, appetite is super low. If anything, we have to push you to eat a little bit more. On the flip side, we have clients who typically like appetite is going to be super high, but Hey, if we, if we go any higher than this, we're going to exceed the desired rate again. Um, and like past, past the point of like, Hey, you're not photo shoot shredded anymore. Like you need to add some fat to get back to healthy, but like, okay, we're, we're good on that. Like this is probably just going to be excess fat accumulation. So in a scenario like that, I'll typically drive a client's protein intake a little bit higher up to about 1.5 grams per pound of body weight, just because that's going to be a little bit more satiating, a little bit more filling. Past that, we know, again, that we're going to need about 0.3 to 0.4 grams of fat per pound of body weight just for optimal health as far as your hormones go, for testosterone production, things like that. Um, many of our hormones are literally fat as the raw material that they're built from. So we want to make sure that we're getting adequate fat. But past that point, so basically the process of carbs being converted to triglycerides and then basically being stored as fat, de novo lipogenesis, or the process of protein, again, being stored as fat. <sighs> protein is very, very unlikely. Um, and carbs, it is still like a longer, more energy expensive process than fat. Now, none of this is to say like fat is bad, you should avoid it. But really in a situation like this where, okay, we know like past this point of about 0.3 to 0.4 grams per pound of body weight of fat, where we're not really going to get any added benefits as far as performance or recovery goes. But on the flip side, we know more carbs to a pretty high extent are probably going to help our recovery, our performance, refilling our muscle glycogen stores more. It makes sense for us to take typically a little bit lower fat 
higher carb approach. I was, I was on a podcast the other day talking about this. Well, I was interviewing someone for my podcast the other day talking about this. And I should have looked up the study after that podcast, because once again, I can't actually reference the study correctly, but basically it was a study we were talking about in macronutrition where um, they dramatically overfed individuals via carbs and the fat that they gained was so much less than you would expect because they kept fat intake super low. Very, I wish I could cite it more clearly, but I couldn't do it justice. I need to look that up because regardless, this will probably come up again. Um, but very, very interesting as far as how all that works. And again, it kind of like calories are the most important factor for fat loss calories are the most important factor. But I think that like, if we're looking at building, or body composition as a whole, it makes so much sense to dive into your macros as well. Um, past like the most beginner level, because there's so many different factors like this. So I think that's probably just how your macros are distributed are key. Typically a good rule of thumb is going to be one half to two thirds of your carb intake across the day is going to be kind of sandwiched around your workout. So within that pre-workout and post-workout meal, those are typically the numbers I like to put out there. Now, granted, like once you get to like 500 grams of carbs, and then it gets to be a little bit more of a challenge to do so. And that's also where I think, hey, and it's going to make sense for maybe I'm sipping on like some Gatorade during my training session or some highly branched cyclic dextrin, or maybe it's even like a protein shake with some dextrose in it. Again, that's going to be shuttled to replenishing your muscle glycogen and stores. We know that's probably the least likely time that that's going to be stored as fat. So it makes sense to time a good amount of our carbs around then. Um, protein pretty evenly through the day. And then it also makes sense for those meals to be a little bit lower fat, just because as well, we know that like pre-workout, that is going to slow digestion a bit. So you might be feeling a little sluggish going into that training if it's a super fat heavy meal that you're eating pre-workout. And then post-workout, if we're looking at, okay, how can we get these nutrients to our muscles as quickly as possible, specifically these carbs? Um, fat's going to slow that delivery process down just a bit. So those meals, it makes sense to keep a little bit lower fat. Still talking about a building phase. So what are some differences, Jeremiah, that you would give someone, uh, you know, that from like a fat loss to a building phase? Like what are some of the main differences and like, is it like food quality, maybe uh, meal timing, things like that? Yeah. So, I mean, as far as we talked about with macros there, that's really the whole conversation earlier about what you do in the acute setting is going to be so much more important in the building phase than it is in a fat loss phase. So similar, similarly, similarly to what we talked about, one, I probably wouldn't go into your, and the thing to realize here too, is some of this can be splitting hairs. Like, is this the, the overall most important factor? No, but I mean, we know that building muscle is going to come down to having positive protein balance, right? We want the rate of muscle protein synthesis to exceed muscle protein breakdown. So even if like you're going into that training session first thing in the morning, um, we know that muscle protein breakdown, rate of muscle protein breakdown, which is kind of the opposite process of muscle protein synthesis. It's basically just muscle protein being broken down, of course, whereas muscle protein synthesis is in simplest terms basically your body taking dietary protein and turning it into muscle protein. Now, of course we get super deep into like the actual physiology, physiology of that, excuse me. Um, but you, the idea, so basically it would be a good idea at the very least to ensure you have some protein pre-training. Um, we want to hit your leucine threshold, which for most people is again, rather than like counting the grams of leucine, I would typically just say, Make sure you get at least 25 grams of quality 
um, protein in. Now past that point, protein timing across the day, again, for like maximizing muscle protein synthesis, which in turn is going to maximize um, your muscle growth is also going to be more important. And this is somewhat due to something called the muscle full effect, which is basically this idea that um, after we spike muscle protein synthesis, so let's say we eat a big ass bolus of protein, right? Like 25 to 50 grams. Okay. This is going to spike muscle protein synthesis. Now, regardless, after a couple hours in simplest terms, it's going to drop back down to a baseline level. Even if there's still a lot of amino acids available in your bloodstream, which would be again, what we're looking for from a protein. Again, we need to spike that to actually increase the rate of muscle protein synthesis once again. Um, and su super interesting as well. I know they've done studies where, and this is one I can actually source a site a little bit better. It was either they did, they had one group drink, uh, one or a 25 gram protein shake all at once. And then they had the other do it in 10 little pulses across of 2.5 grams each across the course of multiple hours. Now the group that drank this um, all in one go 25 grams at once, they saw a significantly larger increase in muscle protein synthesis versus the group that kind of had this pulse. So it makes sense that, Hey, we would aim for across the course of the day. Again, we know like muscle protein synthesis is going to spike. And then after a couple hours, it's going to fall back down. But we probably aim for, for most people around four to six. I don't think there's necessarily a reason to go past four and for dipping below four is probably slightly less optimal for your growth. Probably though, no real benefit to going past four either, as far as your boluses of protein. But again, just think like 25 to 50 grams of protein for most people spread out every, I would say three to four hours across the course, uh, two to four hours, I would say actually across the course of a day from there, just consider everything we talked about with carbs earlier. Um, Pass that point again, somewhat splitting hairs, but I would say probably the last couple hours before you went to bed, if you wanted to optimize everything, you could either A, have a larger bolus of protein or B, get protein in from a slower digesting source, like a casein protein, a Greek yogurt, a cottage cheese, something of that nature would be smart. That's going to digest a little bit slower. So again, in simplest terms, your body will have more protein available through the night where there wouldn't typically be. Um, but yeah, I think... <laughs> Again, as a whole, man, it's just your order of priorities. Like, like we talked about the acute setting, look at a building phase in the, whereas like for, for fat loss, we very much encourage clients to like, okay, I strung together a good week. Now let's stack up another week for the building phase. I would encourage most people to look at it as like, okay, this was one very good, one very productive day of building. It's very much not like I hit my macros across the course of the week, because again, that can yield pretty different results depending on how you actually put that into the week. That would be my biggest thing. And even like we've gone as far as to create a completely different, um, like we have the muscle, we have the muscle and strength pyramids for fat loss. We've gone as far as to create a completely different one for like what we're focusing on within building. And that's actually more relevant probably to body recomposition than anything. But in a nutshell, that's, that would be my advice. Cool. Yeah, no, that's all good stuff. And like, for sure, the, the protein, you want to make sure that, you know, you're not going too long without protein, because maybe not in one day, it's going to make a big difference. But over time, if you're not, if you're going long periods of time without protein, that's probably going to make a significant difference if, if you do that over time, you know, um, real quick, we got uh, just a few more minutes here before you, uh, before we have to tap off. So I would say if there's like one thing, if you're not sold on a, build, a building phase yet, is 
explain to someone who let's say they've been dieting for a while and they're just afraid to, to get into a building phase. Let's at least talk about the training side of things. How much does getting a little bit extra food in help with, with training? Oh, dude, that makes so much difference. Again, I literally like the phrase if you're under eating, you are literally in an, in an energy deficit and not even from the recovery perspective, but your ability to train, your ability to push mentally, you will feel so much more capable of pushing further if you're eating more. And we could even get into like the energy systems, the physiology of all of it, why like having more carbs will help, literally help fuel you so much better for a bodybuilding style of training. But, oh, absolutely, man, like eating more does wonders for your performance. Right. And that's, and, and I, for someone that's on the fence and they've been dieting for a while, I just, you know, it's, it's crazy how actually getting food and how big of a difference it can make in your training. And again, with muscle growth, we need that, we need that training. We want that training performance to be good because again, that's going to be the most important thing. Whereas like fat loss, you just need, you don't necessarily have to train. It's a good idea, but you just need a calorie deficit. But with building and, and changing your physique, you need that training. And, and in order to, to enhance that training and to do more volume and to recover, you need to make sure you're eating enough food. Um, and I think that's where most people, uh, screw up in, in the long run. So. Absolutely. Dude. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, so that's kind of all, uh, we, we got time for today. Now I know, uh, is there anything that's coming out here soon? I know you're working on something with Chaz. I don't know if you want to bring that up or if there's any other things you want to, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Chaz, um, at lost and lifting on Instagram, Chaz Backman is my buddy. Uh, we are working on a mentorship program together. Actually, that's going to help coaches struggling to help their clients get results. Coaches struggling with systems. It's very much if you're a coach that, Hey, I want the best sales scripts or marketing funnels. This probably isn't a good fit for you, but if you want to learn how to be a great coach that can truly help your clients get amazing results, which, and I know you're on the same page here, being a great coach is the foundation for a successful coaching business. Um, that's what this is geared towards. So yeah, I'll shoot you over the link to hop on the wait list for that. Yeah. Um, past that point, man, pretty much like the blogs dropping weekly at barefit.com. My podcast is living lean. You can follow me on Instagram at Jeremiah bear spelled B A I R. I think, I think that's pretty much it, man. Cool, man. Well, well, a lot of great information again in this, in this episode. Um, thank you for coming on again and, uh, we'll see you soon. Absolutely, dude. It's been fun to be here. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at jeffh91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.